0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magnum Talks. This is the Fast Food Furious review series. That's right. Fast Food Furious review series, where we are going to review one film from the Fast and Furious franchise and also eat fast food while doing so. Wonderful concept. This is our first go at this. We are are reviewing the 2001 edition, the original, the OG V Fast and Furious movie while eating the OG fast food restaurant, McDonald's. I'm your host, Lee. I'm here. I'm joined by my co-host, BJ. BJ, how are you?
1: I'm here. Uh, um, I'm doing it. DJ's here.
2: We're doing doing it.
0: Spencer, how are you? More than
2: a little bit apprehensive, but present. And Levi, you
3: got your McDonald's? Absolutely. I'm excited, unlike Spencer, who's apprehensive. This
2: seems exciting. I, I I haven't even had half of this menu before at any point in my life.
3: I don't know what I'm getting into. Spencer, you can't be a fish out of water when it comes to McDonald's. I'm just going to be honest
0: here. Like you're He's just a like filet fish, fish. It doesn't a, work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Things. Everybody's had McDonald's. I'd say that it doesn't. The, this this concept, though, is pretty funny because like nobody has to ask me, have you had this type of fast food? Have you had this menu item before? And nobody has to ask Levi, have you seen this Fast and Furious movie? Because he has <laughs> seen it I have eaten it. That is. That, that's you are a to go. Everybody's seen the movie though, right? Uh, PJ Spencer, you, yes. you guys watched the the Fast for, and the Furious
2: for the for the second time in my life. Yes, I've watched the first Fast and Furious movie.
0: Did anybody figure out where to what a place to stream it? Because I I, f- I had to buy it I, or not Peacock. buy. It, I had to rent it. I,
2: the cock. Pe- Peacock's the one freeway, otherwise Amazon.
0: It was on the cock. Okay, all right. Well, I I clearly have Peacock because that has WWE. I just didn't notice that it was on there. So I gave three ninety nine to the wonderful people who made this movie back in two thousand one. Uh, okay, so let's get. Um, I think we should start with the food first and then we'll we'll start talking about the movie. So we have a bit of a controversy here with the food. I sent out a food order. My food order, I think, was a pretty good representation of the McDonald's. It was, menu. it was. It's a Big Mac meal with a Coke, a filet of fish sandwich, which I have my reasons for the fillet of fish, I'll talk about later. A plain cheeseburger. Which is almost like the vanilla ice cream of fast food. You get the plain cheeseburger so that you can do the comparison back and forth, and then also a four-piece nugget so we can compare the chicken nuggets. I think that Levi and Spencer both got these menu items. I have them.
1: They followed the BJ.
0: Drugs. Just went all off on his own and got a happy meal. Is that all you got? What did I, I, you get? I got a grimace. Happy meal.
1: A grimace birthday meal. <laughs> okay. So did you BJ, get a toy? Please tell me you got a toy. I, nope, I didn't get a toy. It's so not a happy meal. The, it, it's, just it's just a thing.
0: When you got that, did you get a, a regular hamburger or cheeseburger with that?
1: I got 10-piece chicken nuggets.
0: Okay, so you don't even have a cheeseburger. Okay, so I'm going to have to be talking to Levi and Spencer here. What, what do we want to try first? first, guys?
3: I do have some uh, to disclose to you, Terry. What's you know, we're excoriating BJ for his, his ridiculous order. Um, I didn't get the Coke. I did, in fact, get Sprite because I didn't want to have caffeine this late. Um, so
0: well, I apologize are. in advance. Levi's. Levi's got a precious constitution. That, that, that little bit of caffeine would do you in, really? It would do me in.
3: What I've learned is as I've gotten so old, um, I need to, to treasure so sleep and I need to protect it. Um, and so I want to make sure that it, nothing comes in between me and a good eight and a half hours.
0: Okay. I, well,
2: I do not have that problem with caffeine anymore. Of where I,
3: I, I happily had two cafe lattes at dinner
2: last night, which is fine. Yeah. Spencer, so when got, did you start drinking
1: coffee. coffee? For the longest time, you were like, "Yeah, I don't do coffee."
2: I st- I have started getting more into coffee as of pretty much the start of this year.
0: Yeah, the, well, the Coke. Um, I mean, what I mean, whatever. If you can't have caffeine late, whatever. But um, the Coke was a was an idea because um, the McDonald's Coke is specifically fairly famous. It is. Um, McDonald's has a special contract with the Coca Cola Company to have a slightly different blend in their fountain drinks of Coca-Cola than every other restaurant that sells Coke out of a fountain. And so it's a little teeny bit more, basically what they've done is they've it's just like ultra Coke. They up the amount of syrup that goes into it. And they also up the amount of carbonation. So both things go up uh, as a, like a percentage, right? Like um, so the percentage of syrup to water is higher and the percentage of carbonation to base water in their carbonated water is higher. And that results in a different tasting Coke. And it's literally the only place that you can get that combination. That's part of the contract with McDonald's is you can't get that combination anywhere. Um, I even one time went on a four of the Coca-Cola uh, facility down in Atlanta and asked them specifically if we could try the McDonald's Coke there. And they said they couldn't even sell it to you or have you try it there. You can only get it at a McDonald's store. So that's where the Coke's, it, it's not like a huge difference, but it does taste slightly different Coca-Cola does at McDonald's in else. Okay,
2: Well, just so BJ can participate for now. Should we start with the nuggets?
1: Uh, I, I put in an order for the other sandwiches. So they are, they are on the way.
0: All right, let's that's start. that's a really good idea. So let's start with the chicken nuggets then, and then BJ with him, and uh, which is, sandwiches. And, so and well. the
1: French fries because I did get French fries, and I did okay. try one thing that you didn't have, and the Grimace Shake is appropriately named. Um, <laughs>
3: because you had reaction. a Grimace when you drank I,
1: it. I did. I took a picture
3: of it. It was uh, it was tough. This is insanity. Like this is the definition of like yeah, this is going to be a yummy meal. Everything, everything at McDonald's doesn't okay. matter what you get.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like I always roll my eyes when people are like McDonald's, it's gross. It's like, well, there's like 10,000 McDonald's restaurants in America. There's one on like every corner. Mm-hmm. It didn't get that way because the food sucks. Like it does obviously taste good to the vast majority of people. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the largest selling restaurant as far as revenue in the country. So, I mean, clearly, McDonald's does taste good. I might not, I mean, I know for me, like I don't always feel great after I eat it. That is, that's <laughs> like a, that's like an yeah. honest thing. But like going down, yeah, it tastes pretty good.
2: For, for me, it was one of the things of where I, I, I ate a fair amount of fast food growing up. It's just never McDonald's because my family was convinced that McDonald's had nothing of the best of any category. Like we're in the mood for a burger. McDonald's didn't have the best burger. Mood for fries, not the best fries. So we always just go someplace else when we were in the mood for a certain kind of fast food because McDonald's was always like the average of all the categories.
0: So, so, so that's wrong well, on a couple of levels. It doesn't, yeah. it, the Coke it's, is the best, the fries are the best, and the well, fish sandwich is the best.
1: So so Spencer, where did you go for the best fries? Because, uh, I mean, and, and, and then Terry, we're going to go back to you to, to talk about tallow. Uh, but Spencer, where did you go for the best fries? Because I really want to hear what the, what the Leach household choice of best fries is.
2: Uh, there was a place near me that was a place called Backyard Burgers. You guys remember them? They used to be a I, chain back when we were growing up since long since gone bankrupt. It was either that or I loved the uh, like hatefully seasoned fries at like Bojangles.
1: Those are my go to kind of fries I like. OK, so is, is this a chain that was like four restaurants in Charlotte? I don't know I, it, it was one down the street from me and it was
2: uh, good burgers and fries that i liked otherwise in term, for fries specifically it was i very much like the seasoned kind of like cajun fries that like a bojangles or a popeyes i just found those far superior to the other options
1: i mean i always like curly fries going up so so that curly, was a uh, oh, completely off piece. Nice. but good, like
0: Ar- arby's curly fries were awesome i mean bojangles fries is of such varying quality across bojangles restaurants it's like almost even hard to talk about them in generalities because like Bojangles yeah. restaurants aren't as standardized as a McDonald's. Like you'll go yeah, to some goods and there's a lot of like really soggy Bojangles fries. You can buy that seasoning though. Yeah. And like probably the best answer is to get that seasoning and dump it on a bunch of McDonald's fries. Because McDonald's fries at least the vast majority of the time when you get them are going to be like this particular type of quality, like predictable. Yeah. Not soggy, crispy, particular size, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So we have to
1: out out the out the gate, talk about the tello controversy. So, uh, it used to be that McDonald's fries used beef tallow to fry their French fries. And it was held in very high regard by many chefs as this is like, this is the best, one of the best fries period, but pretty much the best fast food fries that you can get. And then for very good reasons, they changed to a vegetarian option. So it's no longer in beef tallow. I think not as good, um, but again, it's my memory of McDonald's fries is is never going to hold up to like the actuality of having having a fry now.
0: Yeah. I don't have anything to add there. The uh, the beef teller fries were better. The ones that they still have, when they have now, cooked in vegetable oil, still, I think, superior to other fast food fries, but not as good as what they used to have. I think that's fair.
2: Is it true that they named the shapes at McDonald's for the uh, chicken nuggets? What? I've heard before McDonald's that the 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 the, there are names for the shapes. It's like five different kinds of shapes of chicken nuggets that you can get. You guys know if that's true or not. Uh,
0: I know that there are five different uh, shapes. I didn't know there were names to them though. Um, I got a lot of McDonald's facts. I'm going to be dropping throughout this uh, this podcast. Um, One of them was that there are five different types of uh, fry or five different uh, shapes for the McNuggets. I just didn't know they had names.
1: So, how do you feel about the the mcnuggets spencer you're you're you seem to be approaching them with a lot of uh skepticism
2: no i Uh, have one
1: mcdonald's chicken nuggets
2: are fine they're solid they're predictable this is what you guys summarize mcdonald's McDonald's about is that if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're just looking for a place to eat mcdonald's is always a safe bet because you can generally assume what you're going to get it's not inspiring to me but it's functional same is true for the chicken nuggets They are standard fare chicken nuggets to get from a fast food place.
1: Spencer, I feel like your approach to many things in life, not inspiring, but functional is something that makes you happy. And it clearly doesn't when you talk about this. Gets me through the day.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that. I mean, I think there are a number of things in the McDonald's menu that like, are superior to other fast food restaurants. Like again, I think their fish sandwich is better. That's why I had you guys get that. But I think that's the, the one I got is... no cl-
2: that's the one I got no clue about at all. I have never ordered a fish sandwich at a re- at a fast food place before. I don't even know what I'm getting into there.
0: I mean it's just a fish sandwich. Um I, <laughs> it, yeah um night, I nightmarish that the,
2: exercise I had to kind to cross a river to get to it. Didn't even know what I was doing.
0: Yeah I don't I mean I think that like some people I've heard some people like so like I can't I, I would never order fish at a Fast food restaurant because somehow like, I don't know maybe like the implication is it make you sick or something. I mean it's no different than anything else. It's just a frozen thing that they heat up there. It's totally fine. But the the filet of fish I think is pretty good. I also think the Big Mac as a fast food item, in my opinion, is a pretty high up there option. Now if you're not if you don't like mayonnaise, then the the Big Mac probably isn't for you. But if you like mayonnaise on a hamburger, then I would say the Big Mac is probably one of the better fast food options of the major fast food chains right like we're doing this like this whole series here right there's 10 fast and furious movies like i don't know how i don't we're gonna run out of fast food restaurants like we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna reach out no we won't
1: no we won't there is so much fast food or i mean right but my worry is that fast food versus fast casual like it we we have options
3: Yeah,
0: but two different places in North Carolina, Massachusetts and Florida. Like, that's where I'm worried is that that we may not be able to find one that is like neighborly for all of us. There'll be a few
3: that'll be purely regional. I'm not that worried. It's possible that Bojangles is going to require me to to pay $3,000 to have. We're we're not going to do Bojangles.
0: It's like. Gold belly. We're We're going to go belly. Or, you
1: know, honestly, I can drive up the. The major street near me and list off the seven or
0: eight
1: chains that we have.
2: Yeah. In terms of like great North Carolina options that I can't get down here, cookout does not exist uh, this far South in Florida. Yeah. Bojangles not present.
0: What's interesting is that VJ routinely will, will, will defer to my fast food knowledge, but they're just very quickly dismissed my concern and said, we'll absolutely be able to find 10 fast food. No, I'm telling you, I don't think we will because, um, I mean, unless you go to exactly what you said, which is like fast casual, which is like kind of not the point of this, right? Just do like Applebee's or Cracker Barrel or something. But like, there's not really 10 national fast food chains that are going to be available in all of our different areas. Yeah, I mean,
1: available. I guess it's it's like how exactly we're defining fast food. Because I was going to float uh, for for the next movie, uh, Panda Express. Yeah,
0: I think and so- does
2: that count? Did, are we doing Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift to make that work?
3: That, yeah, that's, that's the next that movie. Was, that was racialist of him. Um, I I'm did want to ask ask you guys.
0: <laughs> it was a little racialist.
3: Uh, Spencer, are you excited for uh, Fast and the Furious 6 with Subway? Are you ready to have a Subway sandwich?
2: I, I'm amazed I was able to summon Tokyo Drift as knowing that was a Fast and the Furious film. I don't I know like, what your
1: reference
3: is.
2: I feel like Subway counts.
3: Subway has
2: to
1: count. Subway counts. So I, mean, so I feel like it's, the 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 what differentiates like restaurants as, as really fast food or not is a drive through
2: subway yeah. does near me have a drive through so it can count same with
0: me
1: yeah yeah i mean that that's where the like you know i don't i don't know what restaurants have drive throughs you know what what counts but uh i i feel like that that is a very like is this fast enough where you could order and sit in your car and not go completely insane before your food is ready to be picked up and eaten, it's,
2: it's, it's amazing how just inconsistent some places are and whether they have a drive through or not. Like there's a Panera bread near me that has a drive through. I did not know that was a thing. So, for Defining Best on oh, yeah. Drive Through, we get some weird options.
1: Spencer, I want you to get a soup bread bowl from the drive through and, and just manage that with your life.
2: I will do that for one of these episodes if you're in this <laughs> with me, BJ. <laughs>
1: All just, right, so I've got a to...
2: eat it in the car as a, like a sad person.
0: <laughs>
2: I will film myself eating a bread bowl in a car of soup.
0: I think that like uh so I've got I've got a story about the filet fish sandwich, but I think I should wait until but, BJ yeah, let's, let's, gets his. So why don't we talk about it, the movie a little bit? It will it, be and a furious. little while,
1: but yes, let, let so so Spencer, mm. I would just want to make sure that you watch the correct movie. And not the 1939. The Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious, because it, it was a movie that was made in the 30s, uh, that was kind of wild, and I did want to watch it. If I, if I found it streaming or I could purchase it, I would have watched it this ap- this morning or afternoon and come out with some oh. with uh some things from it. But it I was do, not available.
2: I do love that you mentioned that, BJ, because I I just googled whether I could watch this online free somewhere and quickly found that the uh, the version of this I could watch online free was the 1930s version, which I saved Wait, for later. I'm where did watch you find it? it? I, I, I could not one. find it.
1: I'm I'll disappointed. Send,
2: I'll, I'll send you a link. I, I, okay. I was like, what is this weird black and white version I'm now watching? I'm intrigued, but this is clearly not the right one.
1: This might be reviewed on a on a Mangum Breeds podcast because uh, Sarah was quite interested when I found out about this movie. <laughs>
2: question for the 2001 film we are all going to watch how many times has everyone we did, here wait, seen wait, it before we, we did watch and yeah, we did watch okay yes, <laughs> yes. Um, thank you semantics
3: before this we move is up the second time i've watched it it is it is curious you go to that sort of old, old school mu- movie uh example as opposed to the in uh in franchise curious choice of having the fast and furious be the first one and fast and furious be a separate movie that is much later uh fully
2: confusing yeah, yes
3: um but I mean, honestly, the Fast and Furious, the franchise is full of weird ass uh, conventions, too fast, too furious. That was a, of a moment. Um, Tokyo Drift being three. And then it moved like it's it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, they should have um, just named them one, two, three, four. I think. I mean, the but, best part
3: is like it doesn't
1: hold any convention. Uh, I don't know if there are any two movies that hold convention or if they're
3: all different.
1: I think they're all different which is a convention in of, a,
3: of itself. So back to your original question. Um, how many times have I watched this? I mean, I don't know. Order of greater than five, oh. less less than 10 times. Yeah. Okay.
2: Pretty,
0: somewhere probably between range. three, maybe three and five. Um, I was, I, wa- I watched this one in the theater, I think. But I have, me, I have seen, me too. I've, I've long since, you know, dropped out of the Fast movies. I know they still make them. I know Fast X just came out or something, but.
1: Uh, Eleven's in production.
0: Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't follow them anymore.
1: I mean, if we get them to go long enough, I, I'm guessing that they'll follow a sine wave and how, in their, their quality and rating. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll have to see how, how far out this goes. Uh, I I've either seen it two or three times. I, I can't imagine that, that I've seen it more times than that. Like I do remember already having watched it. I'm sure I watched it around when it came out and maybe one other time. Um, it was, it was kind of a surprise watching it. Honestly, uh, I remembered and didn't remember more than more than I expected. Yeah, so. Same
2: here. It it was interesting. I really remembered the beginning and I really remembered the end, and I didn't remember anything about the middle. And now I remember why. The middle of this <laughs> film is kind of dull. It's got it. It's got some nice drag racing and, and interesting stuff at the beginning. It's got a actually pretty exciting kind of end in terms of just like the stunt work and the car work that's going on. And the middle's pretty relationship focused and got pretty dull on me.
0: How's the tuna here?
2: Uh, yeah. Hey, I have a yeah, question for the group. Around there. Can so, we just
0: get this out of the way early? Okay. On? I just need to get this out of the way. Yeah. Little hard for me to watch this film with all of the extremely dangerous um, you know, maneuvers in the car. The outright reference to someone burning alive in a car yeah. in Dom's father. Knowing that 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 is exactly what happened to Paul Walker, Walker. Walker and how he died yeah. in 2013, yeah. little hard for me to. It's a it, you know I actually was sitting back impressed that the franchise was able to survive it because he dies in a car when the driver is driving erratically and crazy and like spinning tires and all that. He burns alive in the car, and they're able to continue the franchise. People are able to cognitive dissonance just separate that in their mind and continue watching these people drive like fucking maniacs. And occasionally reference, in universe, people dying in cars and burning alive in cars. little hard for me.
2: It just feels it weird.
0: Around-
2: yeah. Levi, you'd know this better than the rest of us. Is it around that time that the series became less grounded and became more almost like, you know... Superhero. Su- super- 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 superhero-y or uh, A-team kind of style? Did they kind of like do a certain escapism to kind of get away from the grounded reality of losing one of the lead actors? In a car. <laughs>
3: Thanks for the clarification. Um, that's the part that
0: trips me out is that he died like the characters in the movie mm-hmm.
3: so ish i would say um i think it was fast five was the one the last paul walker uh, paul walker movie um where they do sort of computer generated imagery at the end um yeah, and by the I way like
2: his brother to cameo for a few scenes or stuff
3: i'm guessing like Twenty percent of the the American population that watched that movie cried in the theaters of that. And it was a, it is a very heart touching scene. Where Got like, oh me. Oh my gosh, this guy, this, this guy's leaving. Uh, um, I will get
2: I will get there eventually.
3: But at that point, they had already introduced uh, the Rocks character, um, is my memory, uh, and that's when things start to morph towards superhero. Now now they're involved with the federal government. Now they're doing all these hijinks and 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 yeah they. They haven't gone to space yet. They haven't haven't gone on a uh, uh, give them time, give them time. They haven't gone on a an a an Arab uh, oil money tower yet. Um. So.
0: Oh yeah, I remember it, that. It,
2: one. It's fun. It's funny you mentioned that though. part of my perception of the series was now driven by watching trailers or seeing clips of that, or just the straight up A team kind of things that are going on. You know, more and more impressive kind of things. It made this film feel very grounded by comparison because. A lot of the effects are actually just practical. There's some early 2000s CGI that stands out, but a lot of this is just they put some people in Honda Civics and they did some impressive stunt work around, you know, semis driving down the road.
0: I kind of appreciated yeah, I, that. It had I a had very much more thought, realistic feel from that. I had that same thought, Spencer. When they were jumping between cars, I like, was like, straight up a dude jumping. Yeah, but it but it also seemed like someone scared to jump, like oh gosh, and then they do a very and it's a very short jump. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, six movies later. That would have been across four lanes. He would have springboarded yeah. over. You know, it would have been very different.
2: But it's one of the things where you can do you can do a lot less. But when it feels more like somebody's actually afraid to do it, it feels bigger than the, just like you know the, the lack of risks of someone just leaping through a CGI set. Spencer, I if
1: it feels bigger to me. I, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to this, but mm. the Matrix and the Fast and the Furious, which came out, came out first.
2: Matrix came out first
1: by two years. It, it is yes. wild, like. <laughs> It is wild it, to me it, that this is a mid-budget film. But it is fair. Uh yeah. the Wachowski siblings got uh serious money from uh Warner Brothers I believe and and had to make uh a different movie first before they got it. But uh it, it is fascinating to me this came out after The Matrix and and has the effects that it does. Also I will say that you need to suspend disbelief in like 30 ch- second chunks for this movie. Um, what's, an, what's an example? Uh so so the car's going underneath the 18 wheeler. Oh, uh yes. you need to forget that the 18 wheeler was not a lot shorter, uh that the clearance was not a lot smaller. Like that's a specialty 18 wheeler to make that happen. Uh yeah, it raised up in between the scene where they approach and they then they actually go under. It was uh it was pretty great. So
3: I'm gonna push back. What special effects were bad? Like like take you out of the moment. Bad like the computer uh, imagery, get... when when they're going very fast. Like that stuff you can you can you can rationalize that as being sort it's of. Not,
1: you're right. It's not special effects. It's camera work and like fade effects that were that were really rough. Like some of the okay. shaky okay. cam. Some of the the other things. Oh yeah. You're you're right. It it is not special effects because. Pretty much all of them were practical effects, other than the fact that they use a whole bunch of copper in the nitrous fire scene because uh, fires aren't randomly green.
2: Yeah, the, um, the main special, main like CGI special effects they do that are—I didn't find them too distracting just because they're brief—is during that first car drag race of when they're showing the process of just like the fuel exploding, mm-hmm. driving the pistons and going through the cars. That's like visibly, obviously, you know, early 2000s CGI. But it's so limited, it's, it doesn't really take me out of it. It's just kind of no. part, part of the feel. I'm just, well, you're flowing with the engine as it goes. I found that okay. I, I'm
3: gonna jump in and say that was awesome. I also loved the same sort of conceit in uh, Lord of War, uh, which has similar CGI oh, of, of a bullet, bullet sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's a very it's memorable. Also, it's also
0: yeah. completely unnecessary for the plot. So it doesn't take me out of it at all, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like, nothing relies on that scene.
1: Yeah. Um, um, so I will say I got my McDonald's delivered. I now have uh, sandwiches in front of me. I have sampled the filet of
0: fish. I oh yeah, can we let's talk about the filet of fish. Let's. I don't understand
1: the, f- the microwave cheese at the bottom, but uh, let's let's go over the uh, the Does filet of fish.
0: The, everybody have the filet of fish. So I ask you all to have the filet of fish for a couple of reasons. One is because, in my opinion, it's sneaky. It's a sneaky sort of option for maybe one of the better fast food sandwiches, in my opinion. I actually really like it. But I also think it's the one thing that separates McDonald's menu from pretty much just every fast food place.
2: It, it's been on the McDonald's menu for like an age, too, right?
0: Well, that's the story I've got for you all about how the filet fish got on the McDonald's menu. But let's try it first and see if everybody likes it. It's not,
2: it's not much to it. it. It is a fish patty. It is what was
0: this tartar sauce? They're, tartar um, sauce. Yep, tartar sauce. And, and half a piece of cheese. The cheese yep. is
2: the interesting addition. I don't know. I don't know if the cheese needs to be there. They take it, half a
0: piece of cheese and put it on there. It's rough. Um, everything no, else It's not rough.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, what do you mean by rough? You don't think it tastes good? I I don't like the addition of the
2: cheese. It's okay. It's it's it has a lot more breading taste than I was expecting. I'm not getting
1: much fish. I'm mostly just getting breading from it. Take another couple of bites. Um, so what when you say this sets uh, that fast food apart? Um, I feel like Long John Silver's has a maybe similar thing, but yeah, I but there, honestly there have fish never eaten blocks. there so. Okay, that's
0: well, fair. Thank you, Spencer. That's like uh, that's a, that was a strange connection. I say it set, sets it apart. And, he, and BJ goes, "Well, what about that one place that sells yeah. only fish?" Now, I, it, it is interesting. I would consider Long John Silver's a fast food place, though. Right, like, that, I, that that's where I was lumping.
1: Not that you know, it's a fish sure. fast food place. I get rather than it's, a general fast food
0: place. Like most fast food restaurants, like when I'm we're talking about fast food here, I'm talking about like national brands, universally available. Are they so not? Well, wait, one wait for the
3: end, wait, wait for the okay. end. I'm, not, I'm sure he's going to qualify as being burgers yeah. as being the predominant delivery mechanism,
0: right? Things like, you know, Burger King, Wendy's, like if you're on the interstate and you're stopping at a place, what are you the typical options? It's usually no more than four or five restaurants. Right. And and if you remove Taco Bell and KFC from it, it's mostly burger shops. Like sure. Understand. And nothing on the McDonald's menu, hamburgers, you know, double cheeseburgers, uh, French fries, chicken nuggets, uh, milkshakes, all of that's very standard for a burger place. A fish sandwich is also relatively standard. Like Burger King has a fish sandwich, Wendy's has a fish sandwich, but their fish sandwiches are very, very different. And the filet of fish is very different than pretty much every other fish sandwich at all of these restaurants, in part because of the addition of the cheese, but also it's like a particular type of fish. It's haddock fish. Mm -hmm. Um, And it comes on a buttered bun, which not all of them do a buttered bun with the fish. So anyway, I think that uh, it's, it's more of, it's not completely unique, but it's more of a unique item than you would get on anything else in the McDonald's menu. And I also think it's an underrated thing. I think that like for years, people would kind of make fun of the filet of fish like say, why would I get a fish sandwich at a a restaurant or at a a fast food restaurant? I don't know. I think it tastes pretty good. I think it's one of their better options.
1: So I don't, I don't know what the consensus is on this, but I, I I feel like McDonald's has surprisingly good sauces. like that tartar sauce is it's a pretty good tartar sauce. I was gonna say the best part good of that sandwich it. was the tartar sauce. That was surprisingly
2: good tartar sauce. I agree with that PJ. welcome
3: all right welcome welcome to the dark side. their tartar sauce is bomb um in terms of like not boutique just you're gonna get it everywhere. It typically mm-hmm. tartar sauces is, is so bland and just mayo y that it's just they tend to
0: put a, a little much on it on the sandwiches like I I, I had to take a little bit off of mine I, for my taste, but that's just a personal preference. But you guys want to know the history of the filet fish sandwich? I can explain that to you all. Tell me. Um, so, McDonald's was made. Uh, the very first McDonald's was in. Um, it's in 1955. Opened in 1955 in De Plains, Illinois, and they had basically five things in the menu. They had, or um, really four things. They had a, a hamburger, French fries, so soft drink, and they had a milkshake. And then they got super popular, and they opened another restaurant across town. So now you have two McDonald's. Ray Crockett opened two McDonald's at this point, and he wanted to expand the menu. And uh, BJ thinks he knows where the story is going, but he does not. He wanted to expand the uh, he wanted to expand the menu, right? <laughs> and so he had he went to his test kitchen and he thought, all right, let's cook, let's cook up another menu item for my McDonald's. And he came up with two different menu items that he came out of the kitchen with the filet of fish, which is exactly the way you eat it today, which is the, the haddock filet with a half piece of cheese and the tartar sauce. Then he came up with another sandwich, which was the pineapple sandwich where you take a slice of pineapple and you grill the pineapple, put it on a buttered bun with a slice of cheese and sell it. And he just, that's a, he, that's a decision. Had to had it had his, like his workers try it. Everybody liked both options. And so he decided to do like a little test run. he, released the filet fish in one location. He released the Pineapple Sandwich in another location, and he tested to see which one sold more. Luckily for all of us, the filet fish sold more, so that's what he released onto the menu, and the Pineapple Sandwich was lost to history. So there you uh, go. That's I'm disappointed. I, I want to try released.
1: a McDonald's uh, Pineapple Sandwich. I like the filet fish thing. It, it fascinates me that it's not a, uh, a fish on rice. <laughs> Or Catholics thing, Uh, Spencer. Actually,
0: so when I heard that story, I bought a pineapple and did this did this pineapple sandwich. Yeah,
1: how was it?
0: it? It's actually better than you think. Like it, it kind of tastes like maybe like in the vein of like Hawaiian pizza because it's like cheese, um, grilled pineapple, heated Mm -hmm. up pineapple, and bread. It's better than you think, but I I do think the filet fish is better.
2: One thing I love about your story is that it's it also was highlighting one of the central tensions of the foundation of McDonald's about what do you date the origin of McDonald's from? The McDonald's Corporation or the McDonald's brothers over in San Bernardino, California, opening the first restaurant? Of where Ray Kroc's McDonald's, when he you know bought the licensing rights and franchised whoever else, very much centered right where he said he was the one that expanded the various foods that they were offering. Because previously it was just burgers, fries, shakes. Yep. There's a lot of degree of tension though about who is the founder, which if you guys haven't seen that film with Michael Keaton from a few years ago, it's actually a, 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 a good film on that topic, even if it does change a little bit of the history at the end.
0: So maybe like the next time we all get together, I'll make you all the pineapple sandwich. Um, it sounds weird. I know, but like, I was just telling my mom this story and she's like, I would never go to McDonald's and order a pineapple sandwich. I was like, well, no, not now. But if Ray Kroc had put that on the <laughs> menu 70 years ago, we might all think that's fucking normal. Like you, it actually, it's not as good as the fish sandwich, but it's better than you think a pineapple sandwich would be.
1: So when you made this pineapple sandwich, yeah, did you use, Sliced canned pineapple.
0: No, I got a regular pineapple. Okay, but I did grill it. Like I I actually used it. I put it on a grill. Yeah, Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's important. I feel like if you just take like a raw piece of pineapple and put it on bread, (laughs) that might be a little rough. But I also imagine soggy
1: bread at that point. (laughs) What would have been in McDonald's restaurants would have been like the canned pineapple in syrup, because there's no other way you're getting pineapple to to Plain Illinois. No, at that point no, in time, not in that period of time, definitely yeah. not.
0: I don't know. Pineapple was pretty popular in the 50s and 60s, right? Like, that was like the big, yeah. I thought canned pi- like,
1: pineapple, not not fresh. Mm, I'm, not, I'm I gonna push know. back. I, I'm, I I'm, in, I'm imagining it was fresh. I don't know. I, I'm glad you have an active imagination. Um, and, <laughs> and I appreciate that of you, Levi.
0: Okay, um, can we go back to the movie? Yes, okay, quick.
1: questions from the movie.
2: Um, what. In rewatching it, what was your guys' favorite thing about the film, and what was your least favorite thing about the film in terms of mm. your experience of it? I mean, for me, uh, for, go me ahead. for me, for me, the, for me, favorite was again the stunt work and the action, the action scenes. There weren't as many as I remembered, but they were surprisingly good. I, they, I, I, they they kept my attention, and I thought they were well executed. I always just appreciate, you know, practical practical effects and stunt work being put on a big, putting put on the put on the big screen. Uh, least successful thing for me. I forgot how bad the dialogue was, particularly like in the what? first half of the film of where live it my gets life a quarter bad. mile at a time. Yeah, that's the back half of the film. The first half of the film is rough when it comes to the dialogue. It's very B movie. It emphasized to me that this is almost just straight up, just being a remake of well, an adaptation of point break done for the early two thousands and a B movie version of that it gets Whoa. better. And it makes some of the more Whoa. memorable quotes, but for me the particularly the dialogue and the acting for like the first half was rough and then got a little bit better about that time at the end
0: so how's the, the... tuna here that's iconic
2: <laughs> is is it yeah. is that is that the motif from the next 10 films that followed no, i hope so that would big, be great it
0: isn't a big thing in my life how's the tuna yes. here that's wonderful <laughs> um, has everybody tried the big mac cuz the big mac fucking rules uh, it so is I'm a gonna, good uh, sandwich we'll do I'm that next it, no, no no no
3: no no let's do a cheeseburger next because if we do it do the big mac we're not going to have the cheeseburger
0: Fair point. Burger. I already ate my cheeseburger.
3: Um the cheeseburger. So so Terry is waxing poetic about fish fillets. Cheeseburgers from McDonald's. That's my jam. That is that is the thing that I have very fond memories of. In fact, look at the price when I ordered uh through through DoorDash and it was ridiculous. Um, I remember when they were ninety-nine cent for for a cheese for a cheeseburger, sixty-nine cent for for a hamburger. Um
0: I got some questions for you, Leva. Do you remember when they did the 39 cent hamburger, 49 cent cheeseburger thing and people were like stocking their freezers?
3: Oh, I, I, in fact, went to a kid named Justin's house who lived close to the food line that was right by the McDonald's sort of north of Elizabeth city. Um, And we went there and bought uh, 20, 20 or 30 uh, cheeseburgers at a time and just sort of housed them all down.
0: Is it, are, are you. So when you're thinking about the McDonald's cheeseburger, is it the diced onions, ketchup combo that that gets you? I feel like that's pretty fucking good.
2: It's diced onions. Ketchup looks like there's mustard on mine and a a single,
0: a single pickle. There's like one, like, I think that the ratio that the McDonald's corporate goes for is there should be an amount of ketchup and then one fifth of that amount of mustard. I and don't so it's have supposed to onions. be way more supposed to be way. Oh, you don't Ooh, have onions? Whoa. You're missing out. Onions are the thing. Onions that is are- unbelievable. The diced onions is huge. Well, I, f-
1: I found a little bit. It did not really make it
0: they blend onto into my sandwich. Wow. That's what makes the McDonald's cheeseburger so different. Yep. It's like even when you when you go to like Wendy's and get like a standard cheeseburger, <clears> you're not going to get the diced onions.
1: So I think it was a cheeseburger, but it might have been a hamburger. My grandfather, that was like one of the the treats that he would have. On the drive from Baltimore to Florida, and so my my grandparents kept kosher, and uh, in their house, and I think just in general, otherwise, uh, like I don't know that they really went out to eat, but like one of his his treats would be when he drove down like the whatever seventeen hours or or whatever it is from from Baltimore to Florida, they they would stop and he would get a, a McDonald's hamburger or cheeseburger. I assume hamburger, but like you know not a hundred percent
0: on that i'm very fond of the fact that mcdonald's does the generic american cheese i feel like that's a good the generic american cheese yeah. for me is a Melts solid, well. thing. It's a solid good choice. thing on a cheeseburger um, I, hey spencer i'll answer your question the things that i liked or didn't like about the film mm-hmm. um i got a bunch of answers to those questions but like the first one is because the fast series and franchise has become so ingrained and is like still so particularly relevant with like pop culture now
2: a lot of money. I had
0: forgotten how dated the movie is like, just, just like the basic stuff. Like um, there's a reference to fat burger and a double cheeseburger and fries is 295. There's DMX music, Limp Biscuit music. Ja Rule is in this film. Um, and it has the half letters. the songs. There is a song um, that gets a montage toward the back end of the film called Debonair by Dope. Which <laughs> dope is just a standard rank and file Marilyn Manson ripoff, like as hard as you can, and made me super nostalgic for that particular type of like like heavy goth rock type thing that Manson did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's just a lot of things in it that just makes me like, or like the the, the focus on like the cell phone and stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: Just, just even like what they were standpoint. stealing.
1: DVD players, yes.
0: Yeah. DVD uh, players. Combo, Panasonic.
1: DVD. TV and VHS players. VHS, yeah. That that was what was hot. Just even
2: from an art standpoint, the film is surprisingly like yellow. It's got that kind of yellow filter that films from around like you know the late nineties and early two thousands just applied. Like we're in LA, everything is yellow. Orange it's yellow. Right. Kind Can of ask the uncomfortable sun
0: question. What? I think did did they did they change the tint of Jordana Brewster's skin to make her seem more closely aligned with Vin Diesel as she was supposed to be his. I th- his sister, because I, I think, because I think she looks way more Brown in this film than she does in like life. Like she's a white person. Like it's strange and looking at her in this film.
1: Probably also Michelle Rodriguez, but they could also have been, I feel like uh spray tan tanning booths and things like that were a lot more.
0: Yeah. But my back qu- then. That, and I, that's probably true. But my question is, was it intentional to make it look like, Oh my God, his sister. <laughs> what? Fuller work. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe but it that, was.
2: Uh, I, I have had that thought before. But particularly early in the film, her tan kind of looks fake. It gets a little, looks a little bit more natural over time,
1: but it make her look looks like, like it's a certain element yeah. to on. Mm. Uh, so there are a handful of things. One, I, I think they wanted to, to deal with and reference uh, L.A.'s smog. And I feel like that was part of the like filter going on. Mm. Um, the other thing that I wanted to, to mention is, and I don't know... The origin of this concept, but it, it's uh, it's talked about in a, a podcast that I listened to called The Suck Fairy, which is things what? that you remember enjoying um, and you go back and consume them again. And they're not as good as you remember them. And it's not that it was bad when you first enjoyed it. It's just, you know, it has magically changed in 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 the, the, the period of time since you first consumed it uh, and visited by The Suck Fairy. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I am just saying it it did not hold up to my memory of it. I remember it being a lot more fun and cooler uh when I first saw it.
0: Yeah, I always that's a that's a type of take that's very common from people in our generation uh, of, our, of our no just of our age, I mean. Like I think yeah. I think that's pretty common. But like that bores the shit out of me, to be honest with you. But people are like Oh well, that's not it. That it used to be so much better. Twenty years, it's like okay, now I'm having a conversation with your imagination, like just your whatever you fictionally have created about what that thing used to be. Like I that doesn't do anything for me. Hey, uh, is this guy so the the head detective in the film? His name's Tom Barry, T H O M Barry. That's the actor's name.
2: Yeah. The black guy. The black guy.
0: Yeah. Is he okay. like the best generic cop like ever? A he's, fo- been like a lot- he's, he's a really he's a, good one.
2: He had a, one. Yeah. a lot of career
3: as a generic cop.
0: Damn if I don't believe him in that role. He's like kind of yeah. perfect for it, right? I mean, if I mean, you want to
3: I mean, if you want a straightforward cop who's like, you know, good. He could he, he, he couldn't play a corrupt cop. Um, I'm trying to think sure. of the actor. Sure. There's an actor who's like a generic white guy actor who's who's a bad cop in a couple of movies. I'll sort of look it up. Um, but he's certainly this sort of affable, you know, stern father figure, but good good cop guy.
2: I mean, yeah, even the other like boss cop guys. Uh, it's Ted Levine, right? Is playing is playing like you know the immediate handler of of um. I think water, so, the, right? The white
1: guy with the beard. Yeah, I mean
2: he's yeah. he he is regularly playing a cop or cop adjacent. Most of his roles, part of his career. I mean, he had a career yeah. playing a detective on Monk. He was a serial killer in Silence of the Lambs, so that's cop <laughs> adjacent, I suppose.
0: So, the solution on its skin. Hey, I, I, sorry, sorry to cut you up. Question for you all, and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll I'll be quiet. Um, was I the only one that felt like Vin Diesel acted circles around Paul Walker? Like it felt Paul, like to me, like Paul Walker was reading, like I, you know, RIP to the dead, right? Like that's uh, everything. But like he, it felt like to me that guy was reading like lines it, off a page. And I think like he was there Diesel pretty was face. fucking acted.
2: Vin Diesel yeah. was acting. Paul Walker comes across in this film as if they picked up a model and just kind of put him in a film. Yeah. I mean, it looked very much like there are cue cards off screen to the point. You, at times he doesn't even look like he's looking at the other actor. He's just looking in their vague direction as if he's reading the cue cards.
1: It's like, They're zooming in on his blue eyes and hoping that that takes you away from his acting ability.
2: I mean, if we're, we're going to rank actors this film, Paul Walker's got to be near the
1: bottom, I think.
2: And Vince got to
0: be toward the top, right? I mean, I, I know he he's playing the same character in a lot of movies, but like he can play that character. He's a well. character actor. He's a good character actor. He's good.
2: Um, yeah. If mean, I, 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 I was going to rank like people uh, around him, uh, the I don't remember the name of the character, but the uh, guy that's got ADD that works as their mechanic, I, I put him above. So the, I the and he, I've seen him in other things. that have he's
1: almost just a good actor. In other my in my head, that was Aaron Paul. It was not Aaron Paul. It was it not was Aaron, Paul, Aaron like, Paul. kind of role. If, if, you, if you had asked me, to me. if Aaron Paul <laughs> was close. in The Fast and the Furious, I would have been, yep. Aaron Paul was like
0: six at this point, we're like, sure. hey, he's the guy for Breaking Bad.
1: Um, <laughs> that is Chad Lindbergh for looking at the uh, name of that actor. <laughs> so so to, to respond to you, Terry, I think when, I like I understand that it's a sort of boring take, but I think that the other thing is just the amount of media that is produced means that things that were okay, we remember is a lot better. And so like, I, I think that that it's it's a tougher comparison to what we have now, where there's so much more money, time and effort put into so much more media, that we can be so much p- more picky and choosy, that re- re- reflecting on a lot of things that we really enjoyed, which were probably a little bit more flash in the pan. Uh, I don't know, doesn't take away from the enjoyment, but puts in contrast, like what, how things are and how things work.
0: That's all. Yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, on an end of, like, on a take by take basis, it's, it's fine, but it's just those type of people who like, every time you're talking to them will tell you that they used to like so-and-so, but it was way better back then. And everything sucks now. Like, I don't know. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a vein of negative take that, that I don't enjoy when people are always like, when they go back to something they enjoyed before and just decide now it sucks, it's like, eh.
1: I, mean, I but appreciate t- it for what
0: it was back then.
1: Yeah, I mean, tastes change. And and that's the, sort of the other thing where, um, and then the consumption experience change, changes. Like, I think this would have been a lot of fun to watch together in a way that sort of watching it alone was less fun. And so like, I would have been hanging around with my peers watching something. And I feel like that's the way to consume a lot of movies like this.
0: Speaking of character acting, Michelle Rodriguez played the same exact character in the D and D movie that was just released this year, right?
2: Michelle Rodriguez has played the same character her entire career. She she has a, she is she has made a hell of a career off being typecast as the tough girl,
1: and it's she's made a nice living off it.
0: Guys, this is this is this is one you don't want to mess with, guys. You don't yep. want to mess with her. She's tough, guys. It's also fa- that one
1: fascinating to me how. Uh, fashion has changed in terms of <laughs> like she fit both the fashions of today and then in terms of like how how she presented herself in the roles. And they are so wildly different. Uh, but she fit very well into each of those.
2: Uh, one question. Um, how did you get... Um, and commenting on one thing you said, BJ. I think for several of us, we first saw it when we were in theaters and this seems like a good film to see in theaters just to experience, you know, the sound of cars done through surround sound systems. It's another part of just the as- aspect of the original experience that can affect how you kind of remember whatever else. How did you guys feel about the trucker with the shotgun at the end as being like the primary antagonist of the film? So we, we get a brief drive-by by Asian, Asian mafia. Otherwise, the main threat from the film is a trucker with a shotgun that is trying to murder them.
1: I mean, at least it's not Hobo with a shotgun. So,
3: Same category. So, I, you, I
0: did, It was a little small scale.
3: Yeah, it but is, you also it, don't need to analyze any of these movies when it comes to morality, it, right? Because ultimately, that, that trucker is a person... That was kind who of what I
0: wanted to
2: go for here. He is defending himself against people that are trying to rob him and shoot him in some
3: capacity. Not murdering, correct. but at least knock him
2: out. I mean, correct. or...
3: He's trying he's to do his job and, and get home safely to his kids. This this guy's a working man who's be, he, he, he's being, you know, sort of assaulted by these 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 guys going around in luxury vehicles fundamentally. Um this is basically the rich plundering the poor uh, and this guy's defending himself and he's the antagonist.
1: Uh, also so I feel there's... like the the first cars might have been Chevy Cavaliers rather than Honda Civics. Uh and then they actually subbed in Honda Civics to the second heist. It was definitely uh,
2: Honda Civics by the second heist, I would say that much. Yeah.
1: Um I have nearly that model of Honda Civic still. No you don't, Spencer. It's that like year, 10 years later. That year. No you don't. I, I it's not a
2: mid 2000s Honda Civic. It's around, it's around the same period.
1: No, you, oh no. So the <laughs> the Honda Civics that they were using were late 90s Honda Civics and there were a, a bottle change between that and the car you have. I know exactly what car you
0: have. That I don't know. started I, in
1: about 06.
0: I was gonna call bullshit because I think they quoted one of those cars at 80k or something. And Spencer that would be he wouldn't even walk by a car worth 80k. Like I, I think the, the modifications were so he would he would yeah. so yeah. scared he mess it up yeah. walking
1: by. Uh, I think the modifications were closer to that. So yeah. uh I also like the the random uh knockout gun that they have that they use once and like never shows never up explained. again. It's this like weird sticky thing that hits the guy's yeah. neck and he just uh also, yeah, yeah. the 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 dildo grappling hooks were pretty great.
3: Um, Whoa! But- so, you, so, you're, you're just going to Spencer to your question about what, what it, it is the best about this? Is ultimately the the way the idea of using a car as a mechanism to to um, assault a moving eighteen wheeler is is amazing. That's that mm-hmm. mind that's mind blowing, and that's the thing. That like you can look, you you can say some things are dated, some things are slow, some things are not great, but ultimately, still the conceit of the movie fantastic fantastic it's a it's such a inventive way of doing things because traditionally cars are, are, are about the sort of you know battle between two individuals as opposed to be a moving platform to try to you know launch people other and places
1: i also kind of feel like this uh takes bond to the common people like that this is like a this is a classic scene in in like every bond movie where and, you know, a lot previously, like, from horse to horse, you'd get, like, jumping from horses to uh, mm-hmm. another horse or, or horse and cart or whatever. And it, it's taking it to partially the Bond and Arrow, but also just, like, a, like, more run-of-the-mill, you know, it's not a British super spy. It's yeah. some group.
2: It, it reminds me almost of, it's in some ways an inner-city Western, because they're robbing the stagecoach. The stagecoach is yeah. traveling through the countryside. Even the last, even the ending part of the film, they're just in the middle of the desert. They're straight up just robbing the stagecoach as it's crossing the desert. And they've, we've updated it away from you know being on horseback. They now have high-performance vehicles. It is an L.A. Western.
0: I went to L.A. Uh, last December. It's about six months ago. Looks the same. <laughs> <It> really <laughs> looks the years. same. <laughs> I don't. I don't see a lot of difference in in some of the you know outside of the downtown. Uh, do yeah, they looks, still looks wear
1: snakeskin pants?
0: <laughs> hey, question for the group. This was a big thing when this movie came out among my friend group at the time. Michelle Rodriguez or Jordana Brewster? Who does it? Who does it for you more? Who who are you? Who, who do you think is more attractive in the film? Um, you, you Don't think too long. Reptile brain answers only. B.J. Co. Uh Brewster. Spencer. Rodriguez. Levi. Brewster. Brewster for me too. It's three to one. I mean, Spencer's
1: Hispanic, so
2: tracks attracts. Jordan. I've also seen Brewster just being hot, hotter in other films. I don't find her particularly attractive in this film.
0: Is it because of the all the different coloring that they've done to her?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's that. Spencer's a colorist. It's the, it's so. the
2: inauthentic nature of her.
1: Um, <laughs> It, it's also such a weird contrast between Michelle Rodriguez having seen her recently and seeing her in this film, like how different she looks. Yeah, for
2: sure.
0: Well, yeah, 20, she,
1: 22 20. years will be a thing. This was like her second film or something too, right? And like, it's she also was, tough. Yeah. It's also tougher because it it's hard to not see them like as so much younger than I am now. And that wasn't the case when we watched the movies when they came out. It, it, uh, it was interesting
2: it was interesting to go through their filmographies for a lot of them. This was like their first or like third film of like yeah. for, even then Diesel. He basically been in like a few films I hadn't heard of. He had a, a very limited role in saving private Ryan. And then like pitch black came out like the year before this. Uh, was when like was Chronicles Ryan of Riddick? Giant. Chronicles of Riddick was after pitch black. Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah. He was a I mean, uh, breakdancing career. Well, sure. But there's, he, he was in pitch black <laughs> and he was in boiler room. And yeah. Plus, plus oh, spoiler mm, Such a good movie. That that is a good very good, good very shout good. out. Uh,
1: we should have the Big Mac before. Uh,
0: yeah, let's have yeah. the Big Mac
1: before it gets uh, sad. Before you tired. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Big Big Mac. I feel like is like the most standard menu item McDonald's that I've never had before.
0: Hmm. Hard been for me to believe, thing. but I can't argue it.
2: I think it was always just like the inner, like the fact that it's like a Dagwood sandwich with the extra layer of bread in the middle, even as a, as a kid, I went, eh, I don't, why am I paying for more bread?
1: I would always just get the so double you're quarter such pounder. such a weirdo, Spencer. No, do you, do you, you not like club sandwiches? Zero percent chance, exact
0: chance
1: logic. said this. I, I club sandwich. Club sandwich is a great sandwich. The
2: exact, exact logic of my brand. I always go with the double quarter pounder because I thought I was getting more for it.
3: I swear to God, I would have hated you as an eight-year-old. Like, just like why am I? Why am I paying for painful? You hate me now. What's changed? <laughs> um,
0: Sometimes I was, think he doesn't have a take, and he just has to cook up something. You know, like there's no real Big Mac take, and so he just was like, "All right, what do, what do I got? What do I got to find here? All right, middle piece of bread."
3: I no. will say you stumbled on on you know my opinion, which is that I always love the the quarter pound of cheese more than the Big Mac. Um, I don't know if I necessarily thought because of the the added bread. I don't know if I was really counting carbs when I was 16. All right, this this needs more ketchup. I will be right back.
2: Well, it, It's like, like like when we tried the cheeseburger earlier. McDonald's bread's aren't that great because I don't think they toasted enough. It does come across as, very, as being very, very, you know, like doughy bread. So, like, with the cheeseburger, I feel like I'm eating mostly bread. And for this, again, I'm just getting a lot of extra bread.
0: For someone who's a who's a fan of the McDonald's cheeseburger, I'm not surprised you like the court, double quarter pounder because it's basically an amped up version of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Big Mac. I mean, I I'll be very transparent. Like, I mean, I I my favorite condiment on a cheeseburger is mayonnaise. So, good, good call. I of course am going to like the Big Mac the most. Um, <clears throat> I love the focus on the special sauce as pickle relish. Plus, there's also pickles on it. I love pickles. Um, the whole thing really works for me. I like the shredded lettuce too. However, the shredded lettuce does not set up well to to sit around for a very long time, as BJ mentioned. So, like, we you do you kind of have to eat the Big Mac right away. It's not something you get for for later, Levi. What
2: was your what was your favorite and least favorite thing about the first Fast and Furious film?
3: Um, I will give you my view of what it what it is now, not what it, you know what it was when I was sixteen or so. Um, sure, I like the fact that it's low stakes, uh, not a lot of action. I mean, like ultimately, I, it does get exhausting to watch action movies where every five minutes there's explosions. It's it's mm-hmm. it's too much. It's Agreed. too amped up. Um, sometimes it's fun and and it's fine, but it. The fact that every movie has explosions every five minutes is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, whereas the, the low stakes here, to me, actually is a good thing. Um, I it is still mind boggling that they took a bunch of thieves who are robbing working class people and like took, <laughs> took them to be the well, saviors of the universe. Like that is that is a a, a mind blowing transformation. It, it is an um, arc. I gotta say. Um, what did age well? I mean, just the. the late 90s early 2000s stuff like all, all that stuff right like i mean including what was it leon or um his his f-bomb um calling someone a a, a gay slur uh that, that right. of the
2: course. yeah that was tough that, that surprised me when that happened i forgot about that yeah. that was tough yeah yeah I yeah that. i forgot about Paul that as well. you, yeah you know when he see was
0: leaving the tuna shop <laughs> yep um, i really want one of those tuna sandwiches too
2: <laughs> you were just committed to this tuna sandwich. Did not look like a great tuna
0: sandwich. I'm a, I'm a romantic, man. I love the idea that you go back to the same counter every day. How's the, how's the tuna? She knows it sucks. You know it sucks. She knows you're there just to talk to her. I don't know. The whole romance of it got me, man. I'm a, I'm a rom-com guy. I like it. Is, is the romance your favorite part of this film? For sure, always. Yeah, that's the most relatable part to any of this stuff. I've never jumped up from a fucking car to a goddamn 18-wheeler before. But I've, I've you know, gone into establishments and, and thought you know a woman is, is pretty and i wanted to talk to her yeah it's it's the re- most relatable part of it
2: i thought they very much could have cut the entire romance from the story and i would have liked it better romance- Terry, it wouldn't be
0: anything
3: left speaking of a big romance guy You're a 30-minute um, movie
0: what do you think of vin diesel's Done.
3: and michelle Rodriguez's is the relationship
0: things a little weird in, in real life no in the in movie because it happened in real life in the movie a little weird it was a little weird you know when she does the hyper aggressive like um I, 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 I'm going to give him, me a actually, massage now. face. No, no, no. I'm talking about when he shows up to the, when they're at the race and she, he's, he's talking to these two women and and she oh, comes right. up and she says I'm going to put like you know, tread marks on your face or whatever. And he's like, I'm just talking to him. Like it almost felt like um, they, 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 they alternated between like simply sexual and then like trying to make them like a CBS sitcom type of thing.
1: So it reminds me of, uh, sort of 70s, 80s era uh, feminists like books where they would have the, a female protagonist that acted more like a guy and like treated the, like, you know, how they, they viewed sex violence and things like that
0: more like
1: a male view.
0: In a
2: masculine manner.
0: Yeah. yeah. Were you not buying the relationship between Vin and, and Michelle?
2: I thought it was extraordinarily weird um let's
3: put it that way
0: um yeah it the, wasn't normal
2: I'm, I'm guessing their relationship holds for like the next whole mess of films too right uh uh-uh.
1: Spencer, this isn't mass effect you you can no. you can uh like you know go with a different i want my uh, same game to carry over they now. become they be, they're
0: they're they're lifelong partners of the family their family above all but yeah. no they don't they don't stay the, the romance status i mean it gets
1: weird in tokyo drift so uh I feel like that's what they did with her character instead of having like a strong female character. That was like a female character. They had a strong female character, but like basically suited her up as a guy sort of in in those things and, and like how she dealt with people and and how aggressive she was and, and whatever else, which I don't know. It was, yes. I, I, I think it fell flat here.
2: Of, Of Vin Diesel's four like, you know, partners in crime. Who gets the most and who gets the least characterization? We've got the other guy, guy. the guy that guy. hates Paul Walker because he wants to date Vin Diesel's sister. Yeah, we've got Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, we've got the dude who's always monitoring the police scanner, and then we've got
1: the mechanic ADD dude. That's
2: the yeah. I like first. the
0: dude at the police scanner. He's yeah, guy, he's
1: your guy. Like he didn't. Like he, it was just there. They needed. Just I know, but that's such a job, job and he did it well.
0: When you're going <laughs> to street race in L.A., that's an important job. The dude that had ADD
1: couldn't monitor the, get
0: <laughs> the police scanner.
1: He couldn't be trusted.
2: So, uh, uh, p- Police scanner dude also pulled Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez out of a car and got her out of the situation. So his two roles, he did them well.
1: What? So what did you think about the like reference to ADD, like the the addressing ADD, like he just you know it, wasn't cut out for college, but still super smart? It,
2: if this film, I felt when he was saying that, that if this film was done 10, 15 years later, he would have been autistic. I felt like in that moment, ADD was just the condition that you could say to say that this guy's intelligent, but he's not fitting in well with the system. And today they'd make he would be autistic by comparison.
0: It's probably
1: safe. Yeah, Uh, I buy that for sure. I think he would have had Asperger's, but maybe that was later on the spectrum, on the spectrum. No, no. no, But like, I think around this era would have been Asperger's. Maybe
2: I just don't remember the exact time a little bit early for that. Um, this, this this is still coming off like the rain man era of understanding autism we really hadn't gone into a, like a broader understanding yet for a few more years i
1: think i mean but also like i feel like they did a surprising for the context of the rest of the movie i think they did a surprisingly reasonable job with that character
2: uh, that sure. that scene actually was like one of the few like you know two characters talking to room scenes that actually were like oh that's actually kind of like i understand this character a little bit better now and have a certain sympathy for him in and, time
1: to kill him off here in a few minutes. And wait, wait, no, no, not in a few minutes. He, he was there for quite a while. And I feel like he had a, a relatively bit part, but he acted that part pretty well. Like his yeah. discomfort and, and freaking out about the race and, and just like all of that, I feel like was of the more believable parts.
2: If, if you want to rank like quality of acting, regardless of what the role you role you got. Ted Levine playing the police captain. He actually just delivered his lines. I thought better than anybody. So number one, number two for me would be the ADD guy. No way. And then probably some, some range around Vin Diesel being in the third count. You
0: forgot Tom Barry. He's up there too, dude.
2: Thumb, Thumb Barry. I just imagine. I almost just imagined that they just <laughs> brought a cop on the set. It, it, it's got an H in there. Doesn't
0: it? Do you say, do you call it the Thames river?
2: I sometimes <laughs> yes. To annoy English people.
0: It's Tom Barry. And he's wonderful at his job. Uh, two things, two things in this, Thomas Jefferson, two things in this movie that like I popped for <laughs> when, um, that's like a wrestling term. Like when the crowd mm-hmm. explodes, like a pop that well, popped for it in 2001, then I still pop for it now. And that is when Michelle Rodriguez turns to Vin and says, go upstairs and give me a massage, Popped then, popped now. And then also when um, the guy's shot and Paul Walker's calling it in and that's the reveal for Vin Diesel that he's a cop and you get that look from Vin to him and you don't know if Vin's going to like lay him out there and Jordana Brewster's like saying, no, 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 like don't do anything right now. That whole, the tent, how tense that scene was still works for me today
2: That scene actually worked kind of well. It came across as being a rather authentic scene even with just how he's calling it in. It actually just felt like how you'd convey that information. That scene worked well. It worked for sure. Um, how about this favorite car? That that muscle that Honda muscle Civic. car with the just the Honda Civic, one of the nine that's in the
0: film <laughs>
2: a, a sensible commuting car. Thanks, that's my
0: favorite one. There. Honda Civic <laughs> LX. LX. You seen the not, Kelly not Blue Book on that thing?
1: <laughs> it's probably the only one running out of not all all model. of the ones there. Uh, uh, that, that
2: uh, it's Spencer still stuck in my mind, but that, that, that muscle car that, that Ben diesel made with his dad, with the, okay, so you, didn't, horsepower. You, you,
1: you didn't look things up on the internet. I, I, in my head, I was trying to decide what cars did you recognize and what cars did you have uh, to look up
2: in, in film, just like uh, that, 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 car, that muscle car and that one little bit of drag race they do at the end to brace the train. That was one of the scenes that was burned in my memory going in of where I remember that almost beat for beat. because I, I found that was a
3: cool car and a cool race. So to answer the question, the Dodge Charger, the muscle muscle car, that's that's the car. That's the most mm-hmm. awesome car, the car of the group. That, I thought it was a Chevelle. Anyway.
1: Uh,
2: d- does that but, car come back later? Christ. Does he rebuild it at some point or something later on in the series? And if not, why not?
3: I don't know if it's that exact I car. I mean, he, he definitely drives muscle cars. It's not just like all souped up sort of imports.
1: Hmm. yeah um i will say that for some reason like and well it, it it's not surprising the reason but like the uh how they had that car built reminded me of family matters at the intro what? uh steve urkel <laughs> family matters no, what? Like urkel? what so in the intro the the oldest child of like the main family Had a car that he was working on that had an external intake to the engine with the the same sort of like flappy intake, and that 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 like for whatever reason,
3: no memory of that at all. Wow, Uh, I am I am going to view the intro because I have no memory of this. This seems insane. I'm like I might be wrong,
1: but that that is my memory of, and if it wasn't, it was something else in TGIF the that Friday night uh, garbage TV. Um, I. I really liked when this movie came out, the the eclipse that uh that tracks. Uh and and now I would definitely lean more toward the uh lean more to the muscle car. I like none of the the cars here are, are like my current taste, uh, even though I do have a civic, but yeah, that I, I Levi, I, I am
3: on brand if nothing else. So I've I've watched through the intro by the way, and I'm not seeing on Family Matters. I need you to find me the TGIF. Uh, intro that has someone working on a muscle car. It just seems out of out of place.
0: <laughs> I don't have any memory of that. I did watch a lot of Family Matters going up there. So um, in the early on in this film, the Limp Biscuit song Roland plays a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was a big Limp Biscuit fan back in the day. I felt like Roland, that song was off of um chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water which was basically their third major album and that's when they really took a nosedive i feel like the song roland was really overexposed like it was here it was a lot of places it was also the um entrance music for the undertaker's alternate character the american badass which he became post 9-11 when everyone wanted to cheer for america for like two years like he was the american badass and roland was his his intro music I feel like Roland is a pretty good timestamp for when Limb Biscuit fell the fuck off a cliff. Like when you hear that, when you hear that song, Limb Biscuit is irrelevant. In four, three, two, one, irrelevant.
3: Which one came out first, Roland or uh, Nookie? Nookie was, was previous. Was Nookie,
0: Nookie. Nookie was off their second favorite, their second um, album, second major album, and then Roland was chocolate starfish chocolate flavor water later.
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest here. The the, the thing is, is that Limp Biscuit and their career is what realized like it, it's what cultivated a hipster mentality even before I knew hipsters existed. Um uh, because I remember staying up late and watching MTV and um seeing um a video um for 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 you know a variety of sort of new metal bands um uh, because that that it was the genre they were in. Um and yeah, seeing a lot of other things, seeing um what was the name of the song? Uh
0: counterfeit counterfeit
3: it was counterfeit off of uh three dollar bill y'all um seeing that and i remember thinking this is amazing this is great and then seeing them transition to the nookie and rolling sort of like pop new y stuff and thinking this is ridiculous okay i hate this
0: i liked their second album but when they if i got to the third one i i I really yeah it was you know i didn't i didn't call limp biscuit correctly i got a a hand up for everybody (laughs) i thought they would be cool for a long time and they really were not i missed that one
3: so BJ, you yeah. you uh you found the timestamp good because I was I was fast forwarding through
1: So it they changed the intros for different seasons, I guess. Like sure. I, I don't know which season intro this was, but yeah, that's the I, I think that was the first time that I saw an intake like that. And and so like it sort of uh I don't know, was a thing
3: in my head. That would track if it was like late uh eighties, early nineties.
0: Yeah. So there's one particular scene of this movie that I think informs the rest of the series more than any other scene. Go on. And I I just want to go ahead and throw it at you guys and have you guys react. I think that the scene that most informs the rest of the franchise is the cookout scene. Okay. Because they focus so much on this becoming a tight family unit and they have, God knows how many cookout scenes in the rest of this franchise, a million. And that is the one moment in the film where it felt like Paul Walker was being a part of it. And it looked very familiar. I mean, like, you know, Verdana Brewster's character's coming out there with the beers and he's like finishing up the, it looked like a real cookout, like how people are sort of like all over the place, trying to like get the food on the table, et cetera. I feel like that, that's the scene that if you look at the rest of the film, the films, they looked at that scene and said, okay, that's kind of the model we're going to create here going forward. I mean, it, there's a bunch of car stuff, right? That That's the whole, that's yeah. the, the motif, right? but this concept of the it's a, it's a family and they're just kind of all lumped in a living room, just hanging out kind of deal.
1: So so there, there was a chunk of time going into the cookout scene that I knew was going to happen that felt wrong because for whatever reason, the feel of the cookout scene at the end of gone in 60 seconds is what I, my brain had put in at the end of this movie. Like, (laughs) as opposed to the one that they actually had. And I, I think it's just the, the, these two movies are paired in my head, uh, just sort of similar area era, car movies, whatever, uh, car action movies
2: you are raising a point that there were a lot of cookout scenes during films during this period, weren't there actually? Kind of thinking about it, like a lot of films around this period. It was like, there was a scene where someone had a cookout. Like that was just yep.
1: the way people met or talked. Like to that, that was Maybe to, ha- sh- I think, show how close people were. Like you were just hanging out doing like an everyday Sunday thing that, that like other people can relate to.
0: It also became like a, um, I'm not sure of the right word as a literary device, but like a thing in the black community like the cookout was like a thing like it was the basis for a lot of stand-up comedy it was the basis for a lot of um like sitcoms yeah. and television shows it was this concept of the the cookout in the black community which became a thing in like the mid-2000s
1: and if you were invited you were part of the family like yeah, you treated that was, as family joke, and i feel yeah, like yeah, that we that's such a like touchstone reference
0: yeah he he we would invite him to the cookout you heard that phrase a lot yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then i think it transitioned to maybe late 2000s like the barber shop like that became the motif like but it was similar vein there what
2: what is it now what is the you're part of our circle kind of i mean i think
0: the
1: cookout never left i don't see as many like cookout scenes in the film i I agree but i think that that as a concept of like you get invited to the big family like cookout
3: is still a thing
2: it's a cultural touchstone but what is the movie motif way of expressing that what's the equivalent nowadays?
3: nothing because robert putnam was right we're all bowling alone this is ridiculous we have the decline of community being, being built in america i'm I, i'm not joking there's a lot of, I, I think you're there's, right there's a lot of breakdown of those sort of community bonding things with sherry i mean you're you're right that that is like the linchpin of a lot of these movies to sort of build this 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 idea of family but a but a cookout is such a great way of doing it right because everyone comes over maybe you people bring some stuff a job. you you're you, you're cooking for stuff you're, you're for people you're providing for them like you're welcoming them to your home it's a great way of, of of bonding and it's a way to to sort of wrap things around it also is like cheap to make cheap to to, to build a set for and film and that sort of thing um, just point out D&D. that there's
0: you also just point out that there's so many there's like less movies of a representation of just people in modern day right like so many more movies now are like either fantasy superheroes Mm -hmm. or historical pieces where you wouldn't be depicting something like, like, there's not, there's not as many movies of like people set in the year 2023 doing things that people do. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's not a lot of that.
1: Um, I I, 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 I agree with you that I think going, going to a place and meeting in a large group is a less common motif currently. And, and like, I, I was joking a little bit, but not a whole lot that, that like getting together for board games or, d or something like that became, it is more modern. Uh, I feel like Big Bang Theory was like, put that in people's consciousness of like, mm-hmm. that's a thing that you do and you get together on a particular night of the week and play a board game, play D&D, play whatever it is that, I mean, there are probably other things, but like, I, I think that it's shown up other places.
2: And the game, game oh, night seems more topical nowadays. Yeah.
3: I thought yeah. you were you were thrown at the DE reference because of Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is sort of like a famous DD player. He is. And yeah.
1: and yeah. and a lot of He's a dungeon master. do it. Like that was another reason that I thought of it. But like I think that is the a little bit more of the uh group thing to do that or like a trivia night or something. Like it it's it's a little bit like it's a less. Uh, just generally social activity and more of like a an activity people do together, and I think that's a very big change
3: well, if you'd you also could.
1: say go
0: ahead Libra. I
3: was gonna say it's also like it matters very much the types of movies you're watching right because like I, I think you're right jerry that there's there, there, there there's less of that nowadays, but it, I don't know I mean like I'm not watching those movies right I'm not watching our house films um or like serious dramas where these things may may come up where it's like to your point, like this is an action movie this this isn't you know this' is not based on a French novel. Um, and, and they still have that sort of like scene of togetherness community b- being built. Um, I mean, God only knows what, you know, what's, what's happening with, you know, the, this sort of Oscar fair, which by the way, um, if you want to review the sort of Oscars, uh, next picture nominations, as well as the best, best movie from the mm-hmm. MTV, um, movie awards, this is a great year for it because <laughs> I'm just saying, did, did they overlap? I'm saying MTV may have got them.
0: All right. Give it to us.
3: Oscars, uh, we had A Beautiful Mind.
0: Oh, this Gos- year. Okay. I
3: thought
1: you meant like the current year. And I was like, what's no. going on? Okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, Gosford Park, in the bedroom. Uh, of course, they had to get Fellowship of the Ring.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, Moulin Rouge. It dope. Moulin Rouge sucked.
3: There's an overlap here with, with MTV um, on Fellowship of the Ring. And then there remaining here's where the, where the Delta is. Uh, Black Hawk Down was nominated for, for Best Movie uh, by MTV. Good choice, MTV. Definitely better than the vast majority of the other movies, other than A Beautiful Mind.
0: Better, better uh, than In the Bedroom,
3: uh, The Fast and the Furious, <laughs> Legally Blonde, and Shrek.
0: I'm saying that, like, I think Disney I, or Disney, I think D- MTV has them. I think yep. those are better films.
3: If you yeah. wanted to to drop uh, any one of Black Hawk Down, Legally Blonde, or Shrek, um, and put in A Beautiful Mind, I think you got the winning category. Now, I love yep. Black Hawk Down. That's that's my movie, but I understand that I'm. That's a, that's a work of me. I would say an incredibly well done film.
0: That's a good film for
1: sure. I'm going to come out a little bit of left field. I I feel like Shrek was the renaissance of like the modern renaissance of uh, animated film.
2: Oh, shrek is like even rewatching it it's a great film it's, it's really well done yeah, it's no, well no. crafted but, but legally
0: blonde is fucking good that's uh, a yeah. good
1: movie i'm not saying like rest in the furious i wouldn't put up there <laughs> that it's weird that it's good but like i think that it changed it how people consume animated movies it it was a ap- it was appealing
2: to a very different kind of focus it wasn't trying to be disney renaissance it was in many ways trying to take the piss out of disney renaissance and it yeah. resonated with people.
0: Wasn't that the first one where people were like, it was very in vogue to say, oh yeah, you could take your kids to it and there's something for adults yeah, too.
1: exactly. Yeah. Like I think that, you know, it it was, it, it started the trend of everybody can enjoy this movie rather than we have a narrow target demographic.
0: Diva, all those films that you just said, so all the ones for the Oscar bunch and the MTV bunch, is Black Hawk Down your favorite of all those? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: What about you, DJ? Uh
1: yeah. Well, I don't know. It, there is no in, in good conscience. I can't put Shrek and Black Hawk down in the same sentence, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> for what reason? Go on. <laughs> Please explain yourself. And there is a very, very desired answer out of me.
1: <laughs> there they're so so different ends of genres that that like Choosing between them is very hard for me. I, like as a- He wants
0: to say Shrek, but he can't say it.
3: He does. He does. I know. Yeah. That's okay. Look, I mean, not everyone has to love Black Hawk Down like I do. Well, I Spencer, love, I would love Black, Black Hawk Down. down. Well,
1: Black Hawk Down has probably my favorite soundtrack maybe Ooh, of all time it's a great soundtrack
2: it yeah, is
0: a good soundtrack i'm, I
3: remember.
2: I'm
1: going fellowship with the ring though
2: same
0: yeah I mean, of course you, you, you like bad books
1: and you like bad bad movies i mean bad, it's bad only the greatest, greatest story ever is the day is long it, you um mean, you are i so there aren't many movies where the where the movie is leagues better than the book and shut up just shut this up this is one of them
0: no, it I'm isn't. glad it, you it, enjoyed the film. That's silliness. Let's all right. So, anything else you <laughs> want to say about the Fast and the Furious 2001, uh, introducing a genre or not a genre? One it, it introducing genre, but introducing a franchise that would go on to make billions.
1: It's fascinating to me that something that, as far as I can tell, didn't like. I don't know whether it did well in the box office. Spencer, so I'm sure you looked this up. It, it is not well rated. It is. It was not well received, and it it has continued on. Um,
0: yeah. and it is fascinating. It, it, uh
1: it, budget of 38 million it made
2: 207 million of the box. Jesus.
0: Well, that means and Spencer, no, does that mean why. it does that yep. mean it lost money? Spencer likes to Yeah, tell so,
2: so, probably, so you have to yes. look, you have to probably look probably at accounting. Hollywood accounting.
0: So
1: so let's get the Hollywood accounting out of the way. Uh, uh,
2: even under Hollywood accounting, this one probably made money Unless the actors negotiate for a percentage of the gross In which case it lost a for, uh, percentage
1: of the profits In which case it lost a fortune Okay, Spencer So, like, they didn't have any stars here uh, And and so, like, there's no way that happened the, the thing that I find really funny is We chose a fascinating time to rewatch this Because we are right in the era of uh, Seeing the fashion choices come back around from <laughs> from this movie and this clearly wasn't done on purpose uh i like had you like i guess i could have pulled it up but uh the outfits are so of a time of, of a time it no longer pickled me to well sort of no longer but the the chunky slides are back bigger boots are back uh midriff t-shirts are, uh on on women are is back like a mm-hmm. lot of the fashion choices from this era and, and leaned into so hard in this movie are back.
0: This is true. How do you know that?
1: <laughs> I, I'm around
2: How undergrads all the time.
3: How many preteens are you staring at? Is he has what, the what most Terry's exposure
0: asking? to the young. I'm around late teens. So from your job, 20s, you're, from your job yeah. you're around them. Okay, all yeah. right. Because it's not like you intake take that type of media, right? So it no. has to be, Yeah.
1: I, I see people on campus and in my building dressed like this, and it what? surprises me.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
2: one of the points you made, I would 100% agree is that watching this film then, watching it now, I am amazed that this started its own franchise. It's like, it's yeah. fine. It's functional. It made money. But the fact that this has now created an 11-film soap opera superhero kind of series wouldn't have seen that coming.
0: And I think that's like, from my understanding is that's a lot of Vin Diesel's, like in real life force of personality, like he continued to push for the franchise to get them to be like, continue to be made, to continue to onboard producers that would pour the money in it appropriately to scale up the movies. Like he's been a real big part of making this like an ongoing thing.
2: One of the questions on that, Levi, maybe Levi and Lee know this, but um, Vin Diesel isn't in the second one, right?
1: Too fast, too furious.
2: Like the, the second or third one, like only like Paul Walker's in it, right?
0: Should have I it. I thought he was in every one. I think Levi's uh, checking
1: this now. L-
3: let me check because I, I Tokyo Drift things get weird.
1: So the other thing that I find really interesting, and I guess it's unsurprising, like the, these people were stars, but Gone in sixty seconds, the budget was a hundred million and made two thirty seven. This and
2: was a very mid-range budget,
1: it, and and didn't have particular stars like, and mm-hmm. so I think that that might be one of the reasons that it was a like we can just put people in. It's a formula that works. It it literally does not matter who you have in the movie.
0: Yeah, it's but they work. haven't. But yeah, but they haven't. They haven't gone by that right. Like what you're saying is not how they've made those movies because they brought in The Since. Rock and like John Cena and like Eventually. Tyrese like. Yeah, but I'm saying like that, that, that is not the model they use to make those films going forward. They actually who changed in- that model considerably and started to just big tenant with like any big Hollywood name they could get. And that's who they put in the films. Um,
2: Here's a fun little bit of trivia as I'm just now reading the production notes. Um, Mia, uh, Vin Diesel's sister. Yeah. Uh, Brewster beat out Elijah Dushku, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jessica Biel, Kristen Dunst, and Natalie Portman for the role. I'm betting that there was a
1: money issue.
0: I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did not cast Natalie Portman because she would have thought she's too good for that franchise and she would have sold it out on every fucking talk show she was ever on. Yeah. Um, Like she does in every franchise. She would
1: not have made it out of the second film.
2: Okay,
0: so Too Fast, Too Furious. So Tyrese Gibson,
1: Devin Aoki, Cole Hauser, Eva Mendes, Ludacris.
0: Yeah, Ludacris is in it. Like They're bringing in stars. A lot a well, lot of those guys okay. have
3: stayed with the series since, right? So we had the first movie, the second movie, and I, I just looked up to confirm because I, di- I didn't know if there was like a, a late second cameo of Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel was not in Too Fast and Furious. That was a Paul Walker joint with Tyrese. Then um, <laughs> I, I, uh, Vin, uh. Vin Diesel came back. Paul Walker dropped out for Tokyo Drift, and then they all came back with the reset, which, which is Fast and Furious, not Be Fast. Right, and Furious. In, in four. Um, yeah, four. They sort of reset things, oh. and and then they sort Jesus. of stayed on a path where they yeah. So, the so and then they
0: Paul Walker died play. in the fifth one.
3: Well, it's really four of um, them
2: that kind of created the
1: franchise. Yeah. So Michelle Rodriguez, Dwayne Brewster, for some reason Gal Gadot is here, uh, and and <laughs> Dwayne Johnson She, she knows for how to some, some reason.
2: Money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she seems so it's like
1: odd odd man out. Well, it,
0: it
2: really I think that the first been... three are just kind of fiddling around, and it's the fourth one now they got a franchise.
0: Yeah, and they start bringing in real big names and paying actors big money for it and the the production budget goes fucking huge and they, they ch- fundamentally change the way they make the movies. Oh. I and,
1: guess Gal Gadot is generally in these? I did not realize that she is a a mainstay of the Fast and the Furious franchise. you yeah, said it was like a cameo bingo? With Gal Gadot.
3: Bingo. Here's the deal. Like they they to Terry's point, they sort of introduce characters and they have them sort of just yep. stay with the franchise. They just sort of onboard people like it, like it's a Marvel movie.
0: What, yeah, what like like Dwayne Johnson. Now?
3: Isn't like it like do 45 I, people
0: i know the rock got in a like physical fight with vin diesel on one of the the the, the, the um the movie sets, and they couldn't
1: be on the same they, w- they wouldn't speak yeah. to each other they
0: wouldn't be like and they, they and vince vince uh, vin diesel is such a big part of this franchise is my understanding is that he's like a part of like writing it and like planning where it will go and the rock would not be in any scene where his character lost a fight in the movie and Vin was like, "What the fuck? Like your the, the ego's out of control." Anyway, The Rock claimed he was never going to be in the film ever again. He walked away from the movie franchise until this last year, when the XFL lost sixty million dollars, and The Rock is not selling very much tequila anymore. And about two weeks ago on Twitter, he said, uh, "You know what? He's back. He's gonna. He's back. Him and Vin have dropped the beef, and he will be in all the movies going forward."
1: Oh, bow Wow, T Pain. Oh my God, the, this is
0: Ronda Rousey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, it's the who's who of. Uh, now let me uh, tell you,
0: as a WWE fan, I can confirm that Ronda Rousey cannot act. <laughs> <laughs> that is officially confirmed. She sucks.
1: Oh, the uh, so 2017 we have Tormund's uh, in it. Torment, yeah, that's really funny. It's hundred percent of who's in the zeitgeist.
0: Yeah, they just grabbed... So yeah, it's it's not like grab. It's not like we have this wonderful template and we can get no-name actors they just get the the very famous people and stick them yeah
1: so yeah you're right after five cardi b is in nine
0: bow wow (laughs) bad bunny look
1: at Bad
2: oh my god fucking
0: best that's that's great bad bunny's the best
1: looking at the returns they're
2: starting to have a little bit of a negative return issue though in terms of their box office of what
1: looks like okay spencer
2: they got they got
1: helen mirren for nine come on now
2: well, it's one of the things where it it peaked in, in Furious Seven, where the damn thing made over one point five billion dollars on a two hundred million dollar budget. And now the most recent one it cost three hundred and forty million, and it's made six sixty. Yeah, oh, but that,
0: like you could—that's not an apples to apples post COVID because it's just there's not as many screens mm. going and not as many people go, and they actually make the films for later franchise well, rights.
2: And uh, okay, how about this then?
0: Pre COVID
2: next film after furious seven made 1.2 billion next film after that made 760 million
1: there is a declining returns despite putting more money in them
0: they must have put ronda rousey on that
1: one uh i mean also you know i'm sure like you know where what the box office is compared to streaming and everything else like i i get it but um but yeah no this is this is hilarious to me did they now have pete davidson and brie larson and fast x like i i i like that and this and John
0: is, Cena RIP he died in that film
1: that's that's depressing uh this feels like so there are a lot of uh tv shows in the 90s that had a lot of up-and-coming actors go through them uh one of the funniest for me was Star Trek where you'd have weeks recognizable weeks. people it. yeah a lot of like people that were there for like an episode or two that were super recognizable uh that Maybe not got their start, but like that was a stepping stone in their career.
2: It's so sounds to certain shows like that. Like if you guys ever come back and watch Band of Brothers, almost every single bit member of the 101st Airborne in that film later became a recognizable star. in some points, like, oh hi, jo- hi Fassbender, didn't expect to see you for a one
3: second cameo. That is what I was going to bring up. Was that uh, the the main reflection? Just doing research on a variety of things is like, where the hell are the ensemble young male? going off to war movie of 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 the modern times right we had black hawk down we had savior private ryan these movies with tons and tons and tons of young actors and it's fascinating to see the see the sort of like cast there and be like jesus christ they got heavy hitters here like we got like five or six people who are going to to have like major success um and 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 seeing where are they now like in retrospect is always fascinating whereas i don't i mean i like action movies but i don't see like the big ensemble let's let's put 15 people uh, together sort of movies.
0: I think the other more in television shows. Yep. Yeah. I, I um,
3: shows, but I also think it's superhero movies too. And yep. also you have a lot of uh,
1: people that stay in the business in younger roles longer. That's so is true. Brad Pitt is still like in the zeitgeist and that's kind of wild. Like in the history of movies and and media that that he is occupying basically the same niche for 20 years.
2: When was Thelma and Louise? Because that was like his first, like you know, foray into that. It was one of his first films and his first foray in that niche of that role. It's it must been, what, 40 30 years, years ago now. Thelma, um, 1991. So more than 30 years.
0: Okay. I think it's about time to wrap up. Can we go around and give two grades one to the movie The Fast and the Furious, and two for your dinner tonight from Lovely McDonald's? Um, I'll start with Levi grades
3: uh With McDonald's, I'd have to give it a a, a B plus A minus. Um, I, there is fast food that I enjoy more than 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 McDonald's. But you know, to your point, Terry, like this is unobjectionably like good food, right? It may not be exactly your taste. Like I, you know, the chicken nuggets. I love spicy chicken nuggets from from Wendy's. Um, that's just a thing that I like. But these are these are very quality. Um, so B plus A minus for that. Fast and the Furious, uh, the Fast and the Furious. Um, I'm going to give it an A minus. I I really enjoy it, um, but I'm a sucker for action movies.
0: BJ?
1: Uh, I feel like uh, for for the movie, this was uh, B minus C plus. Like, I'm not unhappy that I watched it. It was slow in parts. It's not something I'd, I'd go back to again, but it was still generally a fun movie uh, that did show its age. McDonald's was all over the place for me. Um <laughs> It, it ranged from a D to a uh, B plus A minus B plus A minus. Like the the burger was, it's a good burger. Like which burger?
0: I, they they just plain cheeseburger, you meant.
1: Yeah, that that that's where it is. I mean, that's that's where the meat and potatoes of of their what they are uh, is the. And to your point, the fish fillet is a sleeper. That that is high up there. Good tartar sauce. I will say the fries that I had were some of the worst fries that I've had in a really long time. And I'm pretty mm. sure that's j- got to just be my franchise. Like I've had good French fries at McDonald's before. Um, so it was a miss, but like, that's their fault. Not, not, not McDonald's as a whole. So, um, and the Big Mac was a miss for me. Like it, it just, it wasn't there. Uh, but, but y- your, your choice of ordering it is definitely the way to go. Uh, I would recommend that nobody get the Grimace shake. Uh, it tastes. It tastes like sad purple. Could have called uh, that. one. It, it's it's sad just sad purple. purple? Yeah, it's yes, sad purple.
3: Yes, he did. Uh, I don't know what purple tastes like. A beet. But, okay.
1: No, no, no. So, okay. So, so what purple, is the happy flavor now? The, so there, there are purple flavored things. They, they sometimes are ostensibly grape or, or whatever, but they don't taste like grapes. They don't. They don't taste anything. Related to grapes, it's it's purple flavor. It's like things are blue flavored.
0: Grape? No, it. But the the it, fake grape. Sure, uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, like so, the Jolly Rancher grape.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's more like that, but a bad version of it.
0: Ooh, and a and a shake. I'm not sure. It, I want yeah, that it, to shake. It, it kind of tastes like that's rough
1: grape flavored sprinkles.
0: Spencer, what do you grade the movie? What do you grade McDonald's?
2: Um, movie, I'd give a C, and I don't mean that as a criticism. I think it's perfectly functional. Oh, that's high for
0: Spencer. Let me let me be a character witness.
2: uh, I mean, it the things it does wrong are things that do annoy me of where I find the acting and the acting, most of the dialogue and a lot of the like delivery and direction kind of lackluster. But for like the things it was marketed as, as being a car movie, an action movie, a stunt movie, those are things I think it actually does fairly well, even if they're not as much part of the film as I remembered. I forgot how. Like you said, this is a very much family relationship focused film, almost stubbornly so, in a way that surprised me because I re- blocked out those elements about it. But that's really where it's more grounded and focused on, where the action scenes are very much additional kind of moments that you, they only will get to once we have a better understanding of the of the relationships between the characters. Uh, for McDonald's, it ranged a lot. Uh, I think I, in the end, I don't feel great. That maybe affecting my view a little bit right now. <laughs> Um, but I will give it probably a C-plus on the whole. I'd actually put the, the cheeseburger the lowest for me because it was just way too much bread compared to everything else that was there. The onions are great. They're a nice addition, but it, it's just a lot of bread for not much in between them. Fish sandwich, I, I'm with you, though. I was surprised. The fish is fine, whatever else, but that tartar sauce kicks ass. Big Mac was what I expected it to be. It was solid enough. BJ, what you said, though, those fries, utterly disappointing. But the fries in mine... Didn't help. I didn't eat them fast enough. So they started to get cold, but mine were limp and kind of soggy in the container. So,
0: yeah, I mean, like, so I put my order in and I was told go up, a little bit and wait. Cause I, I got extra stuff here, guys. I, I didn't get, just get, I got a lot of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And and anytime they tell me that I know I'm going to get good fries. Cause that's when your weight, that's they, when they're going to they, take a break. They got fresh fries. For you. Yeah. And for McDonald's it's like, it's a night and day thing. Like if it's fresh out of the, the fryer, it's like a fresh, like they are probably like some of the better French fries that I can find anywhere, even like sit down restaurants. But if they start to get cold, they, they really do drop off a cliff really fast. Uh, I give McDonald's the same grade as I do the movie, uh, which is an A minus. It's like, what amazes me about McDonald's is that like, no matter where you go, there's a fucking McDonald's on the side of the, the on a corner that like is within minutes from you that you can get the same tasting shit that's readily available all the time at this extremely cheap price. It's just like the mechanics of that, the operations of that constantly impress me. And I can draw a parallel to the Fast movies because you can always go back to the Fast movies. They always are of the same quality. They produce <laughs> one every couple of years. They you, you can always sit back in the theater, roll your eyes in the back of your head, and just unplug for a while and watch people race cars around skyscrapers and all kinds of crazy shit. So there, there, it's actually like that. A, it's a brilliant premise for this podcast because it's just fun to like watch these silly movies and eat fast food. But also, like, there is a connection it, for me in a weird way to like oh, this is like a mass-produced commodity that's always available, that always has this base level of quality that I can always enjoy.
1: I will say that the cost of certain things at McDonald's surprised me. Yeah, I'm so, curious about that. Does everyone have their receipts? Uh, well, but the other wild thing is I got three sandwiches delivered and it was cheaper to do that than the Grimace birthday meal, going to pick <laughs> it up.
2: Specialty item. It was $18 for, yeah.
0: For, for the Grimace birthday meal?
2: Was that I, just the shake effect?
0: There's something else yeah. going on there. That is it, that, that's it, that's not $18. It's, it's almost
1: my entire bill.
0: Yeah. It, like something I have like, no idea what it was.
1: It was like, this is wild. And it would have been $30 had I had it delivered. And I was just like, this is complete insanity. I have no idea what's going on. The sandwiches were cheaper to get them delivered.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I I think the cost has gone up in recent years, like everything, but like generally you can get like really good tasting food for like less than five bucks for a meal. And like, it's every fucking where, and it's always available. And it's just this base level of quality, which I think is like always really impressed me about fast food and fascinated me that they're able to produce it on this scale at this quality at this price. So Spencer, how much was yours?
2: Uh, I got, mine might be a little bit effective because I got a large for the Big Mac uh, meal, but total for me for the large Big Mac meal, fish filet, cheeseburger, four nuggets was 2018.
0: The Grimace birthday meal is supposed to be $10.
1: It absolutely was not. (laughs) You got jacked.
0: It says it's supposed to be 10 bucks, and it includes what? A Big Mac. It was a
1: Big Mac or 10 piece chicken nugget. Berry berry flavored shake.
0: shake. Yeah. I don't know. This is saying it's supposed to be $10. Oh, here you go. Yahoo has a article four days old. Why is the McDonald's Grimace meal so expensive? Here's what you can buy instead.
1: Well, uh, poor life choices. What can I say? Uh,
3: would be in a Yahoo news writer uh, who has write <laughs> <of> that story.
0: <laughs> I would. Are you kidding me? If you pay me to fucking write articles about fast food, I quit my job tomorrow
2: there's a there's a lot of articles where, where it's like they just pay a journalist to go try every single menu item at oh, a particular fast yeah. food place and just rank them and review each each yes. item your job in the future sir
0: i would i, I volunteer tribute i think i would be good at that
3: i think i would trust your yeah. reviews. yeah um, i just also would, would call it you probably aren't going to be putting a lot of money towards that 401k um yeah, that, it that, that job,
0: so. job. maybe it's a retirement gig maybe it's like first retirement do it for the love do it for the love of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Do, all right. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Do it for
1: the the local paper. Uh, anything no, else?
2: I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm presuming we're doing Too Fast, Too Furious next. If we're going through all of these, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll I'll be very curious to see your opinions about what we're going to pair that fast food with.
0: I already have an, an idea. If you works. guys, if you guys will let me let me do the fast food, I I would love to. I'd love to give you an option here. Please tell us. Um. So for the next one, I think we should do Burger King because Burger King was really the national response to McDonald's and is basically the one B if you're talking about like fast yeah. food joints in America.
1: So my question to ponder for you is when are we doing Taco Bell?
0: I'll have to think about that. It probably won't be racial the way that you were suggesting we do <laughs> Panda Express for the Tokyo drift. Um, I, I don't know. We'll have to think about it. It probably will be Taco Bell will probably be like a Hobbs and Shaw type thing. Where it's like a little bit away from the main series, but still kind of connected.
1: Do we also um, get Pizza Hut associated with it?
0: We'll have to discuss that. I think okay. Pizza Hut does probably count in a lot of places as fast food, so I i don't know. I think, I think well, we're going to start running out of fast food places. Isn't, but, isn't
1: Taco Bell, uh Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut like the same building? Food, foods. Yum food. Okay. Yum yep. food. Yum food. Yes. Yeah.
0: But I think we I think I think Burger King next is probably a safe choice. And I will uh I will also think of a little bit and, and send out a menu item. All right, thanks uh for doing this podcast, guys. It's a lot of fun. Thanks everybody for listening. And we'll be back with you next time with the second Fast and Furious movie and a review of Burger King.